You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome, and thank you for tapping into some untapped keg. I am one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman, here with my good friend and published author, Monte Ball. <laughs> How does that feel to hear, big fella? Um, yeah, I appreciate it, man. I really do. Um, it feels good. It feels good. I mean, you you know how long I've been working on it. How many times I'll talk about it, and then it'll lie dormant for five, six, seven, eight months, and then I'll come back to talking about it. So it feels good to finally have it done. You know what I mean? Um, one person told me the other day that it's it's one thing of saying it, but then it's another thing of actually doing it and completing it. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. Um, I am. How you doing, though, man? How things been going for you? You know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm set. Yeah. You know, I've been setting some, some boundaries. Um, yeah. Which is a little bit different for me. Uh, talking about stuff, I'm in a, I'm actually in a really good headspace right now. Probably better than I've been um, in a little over two years, to be honest. It's been oh wow, yeah. I've I feel I feel like myself for the first time in a long time, and that's uh, uh it's something that I can I can look in the mirror, yeah, and actually like kind of what I'm seeing and. Um, I've always kind of been excited for the future, but again, I am excited, uh, for the possibilities and what I can do and not just, uh, kind of looking back and, um, with regrets and stuff, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's something that's something that I want to get into a little bit. Uh, but is there, is that, you know, how, how have you been feeling lately? I mean, you get this book out and it's exciting cause it's. <laughs> kind of a weight lifted off because this is something you've been wanting mm-hmm. to do for a long time um yeah man what about um, your mindset has it you know have you been able to reset recharge are you yeah i'll be tired? i'll be honest i'm always tired I mean, when you're, we're adults now <laughs> we're we're always tired right <laughs> um if you're not tired it's it's that's almost weird if you're not always tired uh, and i mean i don't mean that in a bad way as if you need to be tired and i'm just joking of course obviously you need the rest you need to drink tons of water you need to take care of yourself um but um i feel good man i'll be honest with you man i i'm really looking forward to getting into what you want to say but let me uh let me answer your question i've actually been in a really good headspace i i've been very really really high on life uh lately and i think um you know two nights ago really really did it for me um i was fortunate enough to go to the bucks game um with um russell wilson and sierra um and that that was you know as i was sitting there and talking with them man and again i'm not trying to name drop but i mean i'm just honestly answering your question here being high on life right now being in a really good headspace because five years ago if someone would have told me when I stepped out of jail, hey, in five years, you're going to be in a circle with Joe Thomas, Russell, and Sierra um, at a Bucks game courtside 
No, um, game two <laughs> of the Eastern Conference Finals, Bucks game, yeah. not just the Bucks yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone would have told me that five years ago, I'd be like, mm, "No, that ship sailed the moment I stepped foot in jail." Um, but no, it, that that really solidified it for me. Where you got to trust the process, um, trust the process, because you know I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in our our Lord has a plan, and you just got to trust it. So I've been really good, man. I really have been. Um, you know, I give a lot of thanks to you my family as well for being extremely supportive in my life and uh i'm good i'm good you know i don't want to get too long-winded i really want to get into your topics though man um because i think they're important i think they're very important when we talk about recovery talk about sobriety we talk about you having to peel yourself away from maybe some toxic people maybe some people who aren't as as toxic but just don't understand your journey don't understand what you now want in your life um i think this is important man so i'll let you take it away so one thing we've talked about with the podcast, you know, we've been going for about a year, um, a little bit more, but is it became kind of therapy for us. So I did not call myself an alcoholic until the podcast. And it was probably like, it was probably honestly a year, all like eight months into the podcast. I finally said out loud, I am an alcoholic. I always said I was sober, but I just never said the A word. Right. Mm-hmm. The A <laughs> um, word. The A word. <laughs> that was actually like the first time it was a little bit of a breath of fresh air just because I finally admitted why I'm sober. It's not just because it was because of how toxic and destructive I was with alcohol, but right. um, I never I never named the demon, right? Yeah, you know of course. You, you name your demons, you take some power away from that demon. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. I like since that. then I've kind of, I've not been in a great headspace for probably about five years, six. Nah, I was, honestly, it's been a little all bright at about two years, uh, you know, probably two years and nine months. And honestly, uh, you know, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with everybody here, when, uh, found out that my wife was pregnant with our second child because mm-hmm. um, that was a pleasant surprise, but I did not take it pleasantly, obviously. <laughs> um, I've, I've talked about this, you know, with her before, to be completely honest with everybody. I was enjoying being a father. I love my oldest and I love my youngest. Um, but unfortunately it took me a little bit, to love my youngest, if that makes sense. Um, and since that point, I don't, it, there was just a lot of stressors mixed in. Yeah. And then having another young baby with this other young baby who's not, I wanted to be an only child for a little while to know what that felt like. Um, because I remember being an only child and uh, I don't know, there's just some a little bit special with that. Um, but since we started the podcast and we had these amazing guests on, I started yeah. to realize these little bits in, in my brain that like I was focusing on such uh, bad, toxic uh, things about myself, about my past, about um, I didn't feel like a good person. I've said that before. 
you know, I do have issues with self-esteem. I have issues with self-confidence. Um, I'm very hard on myself. Uh, it's not that I expect perfection, but I strive for perfection. Even yeah. though I know that that's not possible, you know, I don't ever want to hurt somebody's feelings, even though sometimes in the process of living, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Absolutely. So, especially the podcast with Gretchen and her whatever you focus on longest will become strongest mantra, that hit home. Like, I think it's, I started to turn around a little bit when Amelie was on, Amelie of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to realize that I, I, I'm, I'm in a dark place. I need to turn myself around. I don't like what I'm really seeing in the mirror. I don't, I'm not, I'm not surrounding myself with the best people and I'm focusing on those people and how they treat me rather than the people who are good around me, who treat me yeah. well and appreciate <clears throat> that. Um, sometimes, sometimes you just become stuck in ruts, right? Sometimes you just become, you get on autopilot. You, you don't try to elevate yourself because you feel like maybe you're not worth elevating. Um, hearing that, hearing the, what you focus on longest becomes strongest, realizing where I was in my relationship with my partner, realizing what I was doing as a person. Um, I, I realized that I wasn't learning. I wasn't, and that's something that I love doing. I love learning new things. I love, I love having knowledge and being able to make decisions the best for everybody. And then yeah, for my two, for my two babies, I want to be joyful. I want to have fun. I want, I want to be the person that brings positivity to everything. I used to be so easygoing and I, you know, back in high school I had anger issues. I kind of got past that a little bit, especially, you know, right at the end of high school and then into, uh, college and i could feel it starting to come back a little bit and i didn't like it um so going through these guests and having this therapy where we're talking it just things click and it just clicked that i am focusing on these negative aspects of myself and it is making them become stronger it's making me become not a not a very good person. Like I could feel myself slipping down this hill. Um, and I, th- I just feel like I have my feet under me again for the first time in a long time. And I'm not afraid to be myself, uh, which is something that I was, I was afraid to be around certain people. And now it's just like, whatever, if you don't, if you don't like me for me, all right, that's fine. Exactly. I, I ain't going to do anything to change that. So, I got people in my life who do like me for me. So I'll just focus on that. Life's way too short to try to make people like you. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and I, I want to teach my kids that too. Like yeah. my oldest is really empathetic. He has he is. really big emotions mm-hmm. and I, I don't, and he's sensitive and I don't mm-hmm. want to snuff that out. I want, I want that to burn brighter. I don't want other people are going to try to snuff that out and I'm going to be the one that tries to uh, 
you know, keep that going. I don't want him like I I was also a sensitive kid and I remember I could still remember the conversations that led to me pushing that down and being more stoic and you know yeah. being the typical man where you don't let your emotions come out, <laughs> right? It's I'm sorry. It's so funny just your 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 sons I can it's so evident your oldest is you and your youngest is my sister up and down exactly it's hilarious to me actually um but i'm sorry go ahead no it's it's, just... it's true it's true so i just i want i want my oldest to be to be able to express himself however healthily he wants to express himself mm-hmm. and i want him to know that it's okay to have big feelings to express yeah. your big feelings right that's uh that's that would be amazing that would be that I feel like that would be me being a good father and a better parent of course um, than what came before me. I'm not saying my parents were bad, but I'm just saying that uh I want to be different because yeah yeah, because I'm r j I'm not anybody else, yeah, it's great points, man. I really think you covered a lot. You covered a lot right there. And I think also you got to give yourself some credit. When we started this podcast, up until this point, you know, we've been really diving deep into our um, mishaps, our triggers, a lot of negative stuff uh, in order for us to become who we are today, in order for us to obviously paint the story for folks to understand why we started the podcast and, and why we smile today. Um, so there may be times where we might have just dwelled on so much to where it just was on the forefront of our mind all the time. Um, and again, good old Blaine Pascal's quote, think therefore I am that there's so much truth to that. Um, your inner voice, how you talk to yourself in the morning, how you talk to yourself at night, lunchtime, etc can manifest into whatever it is you're talking about, whatever it is you're telling yourself. And that's one topic that I wanted to bring up, man. In my good old recovery coaching book here, a huge part of recovery. And this, this is, this encompasses so much. This, this is you're recovering from whatever it is you're recovering from sexual assault, recovering from abuse, recovering from obviously substance use, recovering from um, abandonment, etc. Whatever it is you're recovering from, changes in verbal attitude, feelings, and behavior are so so important. And obviously, don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it's very important what you say to yourself. Uh, we all know the practices of of writing down some some positive affirmations on like um, sticky notes. I know a lot of people do that. Some people put it on their ceilings, on the ceiling, right above their bedroom. Excuse me, right above their bed, actually. So it's the first thing they see, especially if they sleep if they sleep on their back. First thing they see when they open their eyes is okay. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I'm happy. I'm a warrior. I'm going to dominate today. Some people put it on their mirror, too, because obviously you're going to go brush your teeth, wash your face, whatever. I'm strong. I'm happy. I have a great family. All that stuff. And if you just keep reminding yourself of that stuff, it's very it, it's it's 
it's crazy how powerful the brain is. And obviously, as a society, as the human race, we still don't have all the answers to how our brain functions <laughs> to 100%. Right. And it's just such a powerful machine. It is the most powerful machine known to man is our human brain. So, yeah, you keep telling it the right things. You keep telling it. I'm beautiful. I'm happy. I'm. And again, obviously, if you're not happy, then obviously try to figure that out. But if you are in a comfortable space, then keep telling yourself that I'm happy. I have a beautiful family. I'm myself. I'm me. I don't need to make people like me. Um, if they don't like me, that's that's their prerogative, not mine. That's not what I need to focus on. I need to focus on the ones who do like me. I need to focus on reciprocating that love, that happiness, um, and etc. One quote I really, really like, and I might be bouncing all over the place here, but it's from Will Smith. And some people like it, some people don't. But I want to actually mention this real quick because I think it it, it does fit in with, with mm-hmm. exactly what I'm saying here, where it's him and Jada's relationship. Obviously, we know that stuff has gone on with their relationship. But one thing I really loved what he mentioned was, and again, I, I don't know if some people like it, some people don't, but I'm just going to mention it, where it's it's not my job to make it's not my job to make you happy or like your happiness. The, pretty much the way that he explains it is when two people get together, it is not that other person's job to make that other person very happy. Like you need to be happy with yourself first. You need to create your own happiness. You need to be comfortable with looking your, yourself in the mirror, because if you're not capable of doing that for yourself, then how am I supposed to do that uh, how am i supposed to help you with that and again i i understand why some folks don't like that because i do agree marriage it is i'm gonna help to make you happy i'm gonna help to make you happy but i do understand some of them some merit there there is some truth there whereas you got to focus on your own happiness yep. you focus on your own happiness and then when you come together you share that happiness so that just all goes into play here with the I mean, that's mental health. That's what (laughs) what we've stated before, right? When you are making this decision to go sober, it's the most selfless, selfish decision you can make because you have to make yourself better in order to help and make everybody else around you better. You're going to radiate that positivity. So that can also go with your mental health where you you have to be making the decision that I want to be the best me exactly. or help everybody else around me. Um, you know, if if I don't like the person that I am, how can my partner like the person that I am? And whether they like me or exactly. not, or they want to help <laughs> try to make me happy, if I don't like myself, I'm going to honestly treat them a little bit um and it's it's going to be unconscious, but I'm not going to yep. treat them with 100% positivity because exactly. they like somebody that I don't like. I reject myself. So projection. I want I love to be it. I want to be better for myself. I want for my kids, for everybody. So in order to do that, I have to selfishly get myself in a better place. Yeah. And then I can also everybody else will be able to you know, be affected by it positively. So yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. I like how how you went there and you brought it all all the way around. Yeah, and it's it's important. And I think so for folks out there who don't know. So I I obviously 
you know, I love my son to death, but um, I'm not with my son's mother. We we decided to part ways um, a couple years back, and uh, but we still have a we we have we have a decent co-parenting relationship. We obviously focus our attentions on our child, um, and up until this point, RJ has asked me, um, actually not up. To, Literally, like last week, I think, or two weeks ago, you asked me, you know, when am I going to throw myself back out there? Um, And I haven't even thought about getting back into the dating world or all that stuff because I'm so focused on making sure that I'm right in between my ears um, because I do not want to bring another person into my storm. Granted, I don't think I think I'm in a very good Mm -hmm. place now, and I feel like I will continue down this route of 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 being whole with myself but i just want to make sure i did not want to leave any stones unturned so i think this all goes into play where it's this i do not want to project my insecurities anymore on another person granted my son's mother is is not the person who i got in trouble with um we actually had a pretty decent relationship um but i still just wasn't okay because my relationship prior to that was the domestic violence situation um so i was just getting out of that and my son came about and so then we tried out our relationship and it just i was just still in a pretty dark place i was still licking my wounds from my last relationship i was going through probation i was going through (laughs) so many things so i had to step away to, to 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 get myself right um but again, enough about myself. I just want for people to understand that is you have to make sure you're okay in between your ears before you reel somebody in. Um, because just like what RJ stated, if you are not comfortable with yourself, if you can't really look at yourself in the mirror and love what you see, um, of course, we all got things we want to change about our bodies. I want to lose some weight, but I still like what I see. Um if you're not at that place, then how can you expect for someone else to feel comfortable in the relationship when you are constantly walking around with this dark cloud? And obviously that dark cloud is going to start to spread. It's going to get onto your partner because you're going to start projecting. You're going to start your insecurities are going to start puking out on them, um, etc. So just want to make sure that we. We really pay attention to to ourselves, and the famous quote that RJ states is, "The most selfish, selfless act <laughs> is making sure you are whole, mentally, physically, spiritually, what have you." So, and it's not always the flip of the switch, right? It can be a lot of little things yeah. that add up to big things. Like, I think it was talking with other people that. Um, it wasn't just, you know, it def- it definitely wasn't just like that one sentence, but and I and I actually had to listen to to it a couple times. Um, I listened to her talking because it was such a, you know, it was a powerful episode with Gretchen, and hearing it, was. it, it just all of a sudden, I that's what it took for me. But it was a bunch of little things too that I was trying to figure out, like. I was looking back to before I got sober and the person that I was. And I was like, I actually think I was in a a better place before I stopped drinking uh, mentally, right? And I'm like, why? Why? What is that? So I started thinking about it. 
And um, <clears throat> it took it, it took a long time for me to realize that that's what it what it kind of was was uh, mm-hmm. tr- I was I was more okay with myself who I was as a person rather than trying to fit into somebody's narrative of who I should be. Right. Um, you know, I was right. defining myself based on my profession rather than just my profession being a part of myself. And one thing that is was important to me was that I would uh, uh, have something that when somebody asked me what I did for a living, I'd be proud to say, right? I wouldn't make anything anything up on top of it. Like this is what I uh, this is what I do for a living, and this is exactly what I do for a living. Um, you know, in the, in the past, I'd be like, oh, I do this, but I'd embellish it a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, so that that was a little bit of it, and then another thing was, I've had I've had a, a hole kind of in my heart, metaphorically speaking, for years, and I was finally able to name what that was. I thought getting this career would fill that hole a little bit, right? I thought yeah. that's what I wanted. Was I as soon as I get a career, I get like a path in life. That's going to be kind of what 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 helps fill this hole and everything will feel all right after that. And that's just not the case. That's not, that's not how people work. That's, you know, (laughs) it's, it's just like that one thing. Anytime you think that one thing that if you attain this one thing, that's going to fill the hole. It, it never, never works. Whether you think that's money, whether you think that's, you know, love your life, whether you think, uh, you know, it's, it's children that people a lot of times put in there. You know that that TV, that you know PS Five, Xbox yep. Series X, whatever. That one thing is not. It's not going to fill that hole that's there. It's, nope. It's. I love that loving yourself, right, and figuring it out. How I love like, that. How I had. I have to put up boundaries that I haven't before, and I. I I wasn't sure why I had to put those boundaries up, but now I know why I have to. Why I need to. So. That's that's what I have to say. No, that's important, man. I think <laughs> no, that's all great stuff. I'm I'm sitting here reading the chat as well too. There's yeah. some great, wonderful conversation amazing. in the chat. Yeah, I love it. Love it in the chat. Um, but you're right, man. I think uh, especially the one about money. Um, especially the one about money. One of my favorite animations um, is this animation of. Uh, kind of this dude this dude has a this this human being um has a harness with a like a string attached ever and in front of it is uh money and so he's just like chasing this money mm-hmm. right and but he's running in place and in front of him is a grave and a headstone and he's chasing it and he's just chasing it and he's just chasing it and he's just chasing it and as he's you know, keeps running, he's aging, he's aging, he's aging, he's reaching for it, reaching for it. Money falls into the grave, he dives in with it, skeleton, and obviously, you know, dies, but has the money. Obviously, we all understand what that is explaining. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll never have enough. You'll never feel whole chasing money because you're never going to 
feel satisfied because once you get that number you're looking for, you're going to then want more. You're then going to want more. You're going to want more because it's not feeling that it's not filling that void as what RJ stated. You have to figure out why that void exists and why it's taken so long to fill it. Um, very, very important. You know, we go about our days. If you really take a step back, I love the self-reflection conversations that are happening in the chat right now. How important that is because there are really if you really step back and observe your day. I mean, I'm talking down to how many even ounces of water you drink, everything you put in your body, etc. I need to really work on this. Uh, my physical health. When you stand back and observe, you can really pick apart some things that you're doing that you need to stop doing. Um, but you can also try to figure out why you're doing it. Why are you doing this? Which brings me into my next topic. Perfect segue, Mr. Ball. Identifying old behaviors that don't feel right anymore. For me, once I stopped drinking, I can't stop binge eating. And I don't understand it. I may be an emotional eater. I don't know. But that is enough. That's a hurdle that I've that I've that I actually never shared, Um, never shared. But I need to work on. I've now identified it. I understand that I'm I'm emotionally eating. but, But why? Why am I emotionally eating? Is it depression coming back? Is it my anxiety? Is it, what is it? And I think it's very important for us to understand this now where it's in my past, I would not have been this one with myself to understand my flaws and actually to address them. But now throughout therapy, I understand, okay, I need to identify this behavior and I need to dissect it. Um, And I just wanted to share that because I think I think that we all need to need to do that. Um, that's that's the process of therapy. That's the process of recovery, etc. Why do I like eating so much? Instead of alcohol, now it's sugar. <laughs> oh yeah, I have. I feel the sugar uh, a lot. So you know, when I was drinking, I'd have a candy bar maybe like once a month. I'd still I'd love ice cream, right? Um, but if it was too too much sugar in the ice cream. Uh, like with the toppings and stuff, like sh- strawberry shakes was my jam because it's not like overly <laughs> sweet. And it was like, I, I would love, I just love ice cream period. Now though, right. I can, I cannot have something like that is t- too sweet does not exist for me anymore. And I will have a candy bar almost daily. If I let myself, um, I've, I've kind of switched over to sugary coffee drinks, uh, yeah. a little bit. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. You and sugary coffee drinks? You you drink your coffee black. And yeah, you hate my it. coffee coffee, I drink black. But like, yeah. you know, a latte, like vanilla lattes. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, honey, oat milk latte, uh, or, you know, it's basically honey nut Cheerio latte. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's, I didn't realize what that was till like, I don't know, four years into my sobriety, uh, I was telling someone that I was sober and he goes, Hey, you know, I know a few people who are sober. Do you, have you noticed a sugar craving? Ugh. And I'm like, well, 
before I quit drinking, I never really had candy, but now I do. Now, so now that tr- you say that, so yeah, true. I do have a sugar craving, <laughs> and he's like, "That's because uh, alcohol has so much sugar in it that now you have to replace oh. it with something else." And I'm like, "Gosh darn it! I did not oh. realize that." So then I was able now once <laughs> able to stop it a little bit, but it still comes back. And you see, like on Twitter, recovery posse. Uh, the hashtag we follow that like that a lot on Twitter and interact with them. Um, they're just all positivity, but a yeah. lot of people are talking about their sugar cravings on there and how they're trying to curb it. And dude, I'm almost eight years in, and I have not been able to just <laughs> curb that sugar craving yet. <laughs> and so, it's so true. It's so weird. I mean, RJ, you know, you for twelve years you've noticed me. When I was drinking, you rarely ever saw me eat ice cream or brownies or anything because I was like, mm, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. But now I I had brownies last night. <laughs> and the thing is, too, you can't stop. Like, you're like, ooh, that felt really good. It's like that. It's almost like the the hit that you're getting from it, right? Like that high. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. But it's not really the high. It's just like. It's the way that it, 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 the how smooth it is, it goes down. I guess I don't know. It's hard to. It's a little hard to put words to, but it's just satisfying. It is so satisfying. Just satisfying, and I'm loving the chat, Jenny, Jenny, Danimal. I'm loving it. You guys in the chat. uh, It's so important what you guys are sharing to our audio listeners. They're really, really diving deep into understanding um you know why do we emotionally eat um and especially for those who hopped on the recovery train it seems to be the seems to be the one that most people do once they stop using whatever their substance was um i'm not i'm not i'm not too familiar uh for for um other other groups like um you know, people who used meth or anything. I'm not really sure, but I do know for a fact that most alcoholics, yeah, once they stop drinking, it's they go to some form of sugar and they dive headfirst into it. So I'm going to actually do some more internal thinking on that. Maybe look up some stuff. Maybe talk to my, my therapist about it and see, see what I can do to help me out with that. Because it'd be nice to get this weight off too. <laughs> right. But brings me to my last point. So, again, we talked about changes in behavior, or excuse me, changes in verbal attitude. How are you talking to yourself? What are you saying to yourself? How are you, what is the tone of your inner voice to yourself? Feelings and behavior, of course. We talked about um, identifying old behaviors that don't feel right anymore. We just really just talked about that right there. This emotional eating is really getting to me. And, Jenny, you mentioned it in the chat. I'm right there with you. I cranked out some Tums this morning because of last night and actually had some Tums last night, too. Um, It's getting bad. And the third one I want to mention, man, is this one I really love the most because we always talk about it, RJ. This is a journey. There really isn't a finish line because you're always going to be on this journey. You're always going to have setbacks unfortunately that's just that's just what it is you just try to minimize them as much as you can as much as you can and i don't want that to sound negative but that's just the reality here at untapped keg we're just going to be real 
there are going to be setbacks and not meaning relapse, but maybe one day you're going to be feeling more depressed than the other. Maybe one day you're going to be feeling more irritable than the other. Maybe one day you're going to snap on somebody accidentally and it just happens. But this one I wanted to mention, the need to go back and reduce some earlier tasks in recovery. That one's important. And that's maybe one that I need to do. Now that I'm in a comfortable place for the last year with you, RJ, we've been talking about our journey. We've been talking about it. We've sort of peeled ourselves strongly away from it. Now, maybe I need to go back. Go back now. And understand why do I need that high? It was alcohol, of course. Now it's sugar. Maybe I need to go back and figure out more. Maybe there is a stone I left unturned. Don't know. That's the beauty about this process is going back is not going to hurt. Going back to step one. Not as if I need to start all the way back over, but let me go back and review my notes. Let me check some things out. Maybe get my notes from my therapist. <laughs> not sure, but again, third one, the need to go back and reduce some earlier tasks in recovery. What do you think, man? To go back and do what? Reduce, reduce some uh, earlier tasks. Let me read that again. Ugh. Read that again. The need to go back and reduce some earlier tasks in recovery. I don't, I don't understand what that's saying. I think it's what is it saying is maybe you need to go back and just fine tune it. Maybe go back and maybe there's a step you missed. Maybe there's something that. Maybe a stone was left unturned. Maybe you need to go back and just review, you know, kind of like, you know, you got the final test coming up your exam and maybe I just want to go back and review, although we don't have a final exam coming up, but just some extra reviewing of your therapeutic process. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that could be like fine tuning. Exactly. How you're, uh, you know, your, your new coping mechanisms, I guess, because <clears throat> what it comes down to, like when you are, uh, using, right. It's yeah. a lot of it is coping your coping mechanism. We all yep. have that hole we're trying to fill. Uh, for me, it was kind of like trying to forget. It was not feeling being numb, um, because of what, I kind of missed out on, um, I think. And, mm -hmm. uh, this feeling of loneliness that I had for a very long time. Um, yeah, that that's, yeah. So figuring out why I had this feeling of loneliness, that's part of the reason that, uh, my mindset's kind of turned around a little bit. Being able to, um, just figure out kind of what some triggers are that helps too. So, uh, you know, that could be something else like trying to figure out what, what triggers you to wanting to forget, wanting to know, right. wanting to, you know, fill a space. So, um, and that could be the past behaviors too, that don't feel right. One for me is going back to my hometown. I don't, like going back exactly. to my hometown because exactly whenever I went back there, I was absolutely hammered every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd be there for a few hours sober, but I'd have 
I'd be so hungover the next day, you know, it'd be like three, four o'clock before I finally felt okay to go out, uh, embarrassed for of my past, my past actions. Um, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, just, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. And then yeah, that, that's something that doesn't feel right to me anymore. And, uh, that some people don't understand, but, uh, I think that a lot of people who are in recovery do understand that. So of course, yeah, it's, that's, that's with anything. Um, and again, I'm not comparing, I'm most definitely right, not right. comparing with sexual assault or anything, but you don't want to go back to, you don't want to revisit the physical location of a place or of a mindset that you're trying to escape from, if that makes sense. The physical location where you were in a different mindset, you no longer want to revisit that. Maybe to some, it's it's if they're in a really good place, that that is part of the journey. That is part of closing that door, closing that chapter. Um, but to some, they just don't ever want to revisit it. And again, I'm not comparing at all. Uh, I'm not saying this is worse than that. I'm just 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 sharing. Love what was mentioned in the chat as well, too, from Jenny and Danimal for sure. Danimal made a great point. In, in, a, in a sense, what that sentence is stating is maybe you just need to go back and reinforce some things. Maybe a screw got loose on on, on a or a bolt. Yep. Maybe you need to just go back and reinforce it. Um, that's what we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives until we're in, we're in the ground. And Jenny made such a great point as well, too, is... is it's important to go back through. It's we have to. You have to. In video you game terms, to. it's playing the level over again to get that diamond <laughs> so you can get that platinum trophy. Love it. Or great analogy. <laughs> get that great achievement analogy. you're missing. <laughs> That's a great analogy, Jenny. Love it. That's right up your alley too, RJ. Because when we talked about Last of Us, I got as much as I can of the the items, the collectibles. Um, but you got all of them, <laughs> so, so that's such a such a fitting analogy. It really is. But that's that's the beauty about life is if you're capable of making those analogies, capable of seeing certain concepts in life and applying them to your life in a positive way. That's just what it's all about, and obviously sharing that with others. So that's just what we're looking to do here. Is and obviously, we we started from a different place, right? I mean, even just right. like three, four weeks ago, where we were yeah. is not yeah. where we are now. Like, uh, yeah, I was. I've been very honest with my mind space, and um, I this was is... not in a great. I was not in a great space. It, it's just, yeah. it's where I'm at now is different, and um, you know, my partner has noticed that it's mm-hmm. different. Um, I want to be better, but I don't, I have to be better for myself first. And then it's going to trickle out to my kids and my, um, and my, and my partner. And, you know, no matter, no matter what comes in the future, my, you know, for my coworkers, for, uh, my family, for everything being better with myself will also make me better with them. So, and putting up these, uh, boundaries, you know, that's, that's, that's very difficult to the process of figuring out. You have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of doing it a little bit subconsciously, but I was doing it 
a little bit in a toxic way um, where I would just like ignore phone calls and uh, just not talk to people rather than just express like this is what I'm feeling and if you're not okay with that then that's okay we yeah. I yeah. I'm telling you how I am and if you can't deal with that then uh we just don't it's not that we don't have to talk we can talk about other things right um you know I just one person I haven't talked to in months because they don't understand um you know every time I I talk to them and I tell them feelings and um things that I want to do as a parent and everything's an attack. That's what they say. Like what, you know, why I will, you know, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying to say this in a way so that I'm not attacking people in public. Right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, tiptoe a line and that's because I don't want them to feel like I'm just putting them completely on blast. Um, but I need these boundaries for myself because, it is unhealthy interacting um, in the same way that I was, right? Uh, in the same, maybe in the way that they expect me to. That's not how it's going to be. And that I have to be okay with that. And in order for that to be okay, honestly, to them, because otherwise they'll just keep trying the same way that they had before. Yeah. Um, so trying to figure out how to not be toxic with your boundaries as well, like, you know, it seemed like every single time I would pick the phone up, it was an argument. Well, now it's just, no, nah, we just, we're not going to talk about that. Let's go to something else kind of a thing. Um, and that's all right. But uh, there's just a little, you have to do that for yourself. And of course. you can feel a little bit of guilt that comes from that. Uh of course. I was feeling very guilty for a, while, a long time. But now that I've kind of – and I'm not saying that I'm perfect or like the space that I'm in is permanent or uh, that, you know, I'm all-knowing or anything because I'm not. I know that the space I'm in right now, there could be one little thing that brings me down a little bit. Like this is something yep. always to be working on. Um it's almost like I got some new tires on and I'm getting out of these ruts. It's kind of what it feels like. So <laughs> I hear um, you, man. It, it's always going to take some work and it's all, but you know, things evolve. Relationships evolve. Uh, we, when <laughs> everything, everything evolves, even like the relationship, you know, with my kids, when they start to get older, I'm always going to see them as my baby. They're always going to be my mm-hmm. baby, especially my youngest. My youngest has an attitude. But he's always my baby, and I'll even talk to him. He's getting older. Um, like he, He's almost going to turn two, and mm-hmm. I can see he's becoming a big boy. He thinks he can do everything himself, but uh, I always tell him, you know, you're daddy's baby. And mm-hmm. uh, then I'll say, are you a big boy? And he goes, no, I'm baby. And, still, <laughs> and it's the cutest thing ever. But even when they're like 13, I'm going to – that's how I'm going to see him. I'm always going to see of him course, as my baby. Of course, have to. So, I have to. I think uh, you should read Ginny's message in the chat. It's important. I really appreciate you opening up about that stuff, man. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you to open up about some some stuff like that. Uh, 
and I'm 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 happy for you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's quite, it's it's pretty evident that you are either in a better space, heading in the right direction of better better space, better mind, soul, and that's that's just what this is all about. And I think that we're, that we're really giving that to our listeners as well too. You're really seeing the transformation, which is what this is all about, uh, showing people that it's possible. So I'm so I'm happy for you. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool stuff. And I think it's important. Yeah, we have to have those boundaries. As Jenny's explaining in the chat, my hat- Jenny, that that's a really good uh, <laughs> tip. So Jenny said, uh, "Yeah, you know, she told someone she has a relationship with a while back. Mm-hmm. Going forward, when the convo changes energy, we have to end it because going back down the rabbit hole that we've been going down in the past is not good. Um, exactly." You know, Sometimes it's frustrating, but it's just it's it's good practice for sure. Thank you for sharing that, Jenny, because that is um that's a really important tip. It's something to think about, um, you know, and it's something my partner and I have talked about. Like we have been toxic to each other for a little while, where we've been kind of taking our frustrations out on each other, um, and that's not okay either, right? And it's just little, it's little things, but little things add up. Um, And little things may not seem like much from the outside, but uh, we've talked about this before too. You can't deal with somebody else's stressors. You can't deal with uh, what other people are feeling. Like not everybody is the same, but um, you can only deal with what's in front of you. So, you know, if you if you put stresses on tears, that's not that's not a good thing either with how you look at people. Like you can I cannot help you with your stressors. I can only deal with what's stre- stressing me out. So um that's something to think about too. Like don't feel guilty because you're struggling to deal with a stressor that somebody else has a bigger stressor that they're dealing with. Like that's also something <laughs> that's something that uh, I struggled with too, where I have a lot of friends and this is sad. I have a lot of friends who've lost parents, um, who've lost uh, siblings and seeing the way that they have been able to cope yeah. and deal with the stresses and um, you know, how they are as people. And then having these things that I look at in my life that are very small, that are, you know, it's almost like survivor's guilt, um, but it's almost like uh, I just, I feel guilty that I'm not handling my stressors as well as they are. Their stressors are so much bigger. Um, You know, one of my best friends lost his dad when we were in um, sixth grade. And growing up, you know, uh, the way that he handled things is just, I always felt guilty when I, uh, would take my problems and try kind of put them on him. Uh, like I would unload my stress and stuff and then he'd tell me his stress and stuff. And it's like, okay, I can't talk to him even though he's my friend and he wants to help out and it didn't bother him. I still felt like. I was being selfish by putting my stresses onto them or trying to, uh, you know, not dealing as well with my little stressors 
as he is dealing, he's dealing a lot easier with the, his big stressors. And that's not, that's not healthy either. That's not a healthy way of looking at things because I can only deal with what's coming in and myself. And I, I can't take somebody else's stresses away from them or handle it the same way they're handling it because it's, it's not the same. They don't, not everything in their environment is the same. Right. Right. Right, right, right. I think, uh, you, you, you touched on a lot of stuff there and, and I think you mentioned that you can't, and I just want to make sure that we, we clarify this. You said that you can't help someone with their stressors. And I think what, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth because I do think that we can help people with their stressors. But I think if, if, if this is what you meant that you have to, obviously as the person who was dealing with stressors, you have to work on them first, like yourself. Like if you're not even trying to help yourself, then I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> it takes you or to, I can't take their stressors and help them. Right. Without them right. working on it, I guess is what exactly. It is. Like, exactly. That, I knew what you meant. I just wanted to make sure yeah. that, that our listeners understood what you meant. And I think Jenny's touching on some great things as well in the chat. Danimal as well. Obviously you RJ, where it's, don't compare stressors with people. Don't compare troubles. That's the first thing that we learned through my training of, again, becoming a recovery coach is like a four to five day thing. So anybody can do it, but it, it I learned so much. Um, and they really teach you that as well too. Don't the sit down and listen to somebody's problems and don't ever say, well, at least, well, at least you still have your job. Well, at least you still have your family or that stuff because that as Jenny is explaining that is just as toxic and then obviously if you compare well at least you don't have your name plastered all over the media oh well at least you don't that's we can't do that and some folks are out there doing that and just please if you hear this just stop doing that people deal with things differently Maybe you both are impacted by the same thing, but that person seems to be impacted more by it. That's just the way that life is. We are not the same people. We don't have the same DNA. Uh, You know, we have the same, in a sense, molecular makeup. In a sense, I guess, if you talk about just us being humans, but we deal with things differently. Um, Everybody's trauma is their trauma, period. And it's just all about helping. So we, all, I, yeah. we all bleed red, <laughs> but we all bleed differently from the same cut. So yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely. So what I was doing was comparing, uh, you know, their the stresses. So like, I felt like I was like a weaker person because I dealt with things that I saw as lesser, worse than what they dealt with, they had more to deal with, right? Um, mm-hmm. In my mind. And that's yeah. where it becomes toxic with yourself because you're not only are you not dealing with your stressors, maybe the best way, but you're also adding on top of it, like some self-hatred and that of just course. makes things more difficult. Of course. Of course. I think, uh, Jenny, 
we really appreciate your comment in there. Uh, I think it was about five, five to seven minutes ago. You mentioned that we're being, this might be our, our, one of our best episodes because of how transparent we're being. So we, we, we really appreciate those words. Um, and it's just crazy. We don't script anything. When I woke up this morning, I had no idea what we were going to talk about until about 10 minutes prior to the show. I was like, oh, yeah, I got about three topics I'd like to mention. Um, and you had your topics as well, and we just go. We just go. It's about the conversations. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I do like being able to include chat, but um, for people who are newer, like our Sunday shows, we don't right. like right. interact uh directly all the time so uh true true because we're doing like a podcast but uh we if you you know you type enough or things that are relevant to add to we will talk about it but um just so just so people who are newer can kind of know what we do but uh, yeah you know this is every sunday 9 a.m on twitch uh goes out as a podcast cut uh you know, we we add it to YouTube as well. Um, untapped keg everywhere, but everywhere. You know, you went to that Bucks game. Let's end on a light note. You went to that Bucks game. You're surrounded Indeed. by a lot of a lot of names that you're uh, name dropping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? What was that energy like in that arena? Because I have not been to the new arena. Um, I was supposed yeah. to go last year, and then everything shut down. Uh, yeah, what was the energy it's, like? Uh, it's exactly what you think. It's electrifying. I mean, loud, very, very loud. I love the towels that they get, and they they mm-hmm. they, they start swinging those towels. Um, it's it's a very very exciting atmosphere. Um, exactly what the Bucks players need. Um, that home court advantage is is important. Beautiful stadium, um, of course. The outdoor patio was wonderful as well too. They got that big screen out there. It's an, it's very well well done. They put that together really nicely. Amazing investment, um, amazing outcome as well. But yeah, obviously we all saw what happened. The Bucks came to play, destroyed the Hawks, destroyed them. Um, I don't even know what else to say about like destroyed them. They were they were not even in the game at all, the Hawks. But again, one to one, early series. Now off to Atlanta. We'll see what the Bucks are going to do. But it was it, it was it felt good, man. It felt good, obviously reconnecting briefly. And I say briefly, but it was you know for for an hour or so with with Russell. Um, very busy man. I'm very blessed, man. Um, I was starstruck of meeting Sierra. I'm like, this is crazy. Like I used to listen to your music all the time growing up. Um, yeah, Ashley was very jealous, very jealous. Yeah, visibly she's very, jealous. Yeah, she's a very, <laughs> very gorgeous, very gorgeous woman. So, uh, kudos to Russell. Um, kudos to her as well. Um, they're a beautiful family. But um, it was awesome chatting with Joe Thomas as well too. He was talking about his workout plan. So I'm gonna join he them was, on he Tuesday. Was, he was looking at you and he's like. So I got this workout you might be interested in. So I'm going to join them on Tuesday. It's Tuesday amazing. Morning. So for everybody who doesn't know, Joe Thomas was Hall of Fame left mm-hmm. tackle for the Cleveland Browns. He went to UW-Madison, uh, was absolutely, you know, like 
uh, unbelievably good. There. Probably the best left tackle to ever play the game. Yes. Uh, yeah. And um, <laughs> so if you look at pictures of him when he played to where he is now, two different people. You would not believe that's the same person. I mean, even even in his fa- the way his face thinned out and everything, it's like it's you. It's unreal the transformation he made, and it was like six months after he stopped playing that the transformation mm-hmm. happened too. We just changed his eating habits and his workout and everything. So keto in intermittent fasting, he does them both together. That's what I figured. <laughs> it was something traumatic like that. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> It obviously works out. Uh, but yeah, they work out at 5.30 in the morning on Tuesday. I would share the location, but no, I'm not going to share the location, of course. But I will be joining them. Uh, good luck. Uh, I need all the luck I, I can get. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you don't wake up next Sunday, we understand <laughs> that workout's probably going to be intense. Probably CrossFit. Yeah. No, I don't think CrossFit, but it's with, it's with Bor- <laughs> it's with Chris Borland and yeah. Joe Thomas and some other folks. So I'm going to be the most unfit person there. But it's going to be, but it's what I need though. Lion, um, Lion says, "GG, good knowing you." <laughs> <laughs> for sure, Lion, for sure. But um, exciting times, yeah. I think, man, we covered a lot, you know, and you know, we got, we got. Ooh, the sky's the limit for how much we can share, but I think we did a good job this episode, man. And we really opened up. Um, this is good. This was good. Something, you know, we want to be honest with everybody. We want to be um, transparent. But being transparent with our, you know, we have to be transparent with ourselves first, obviously. Also, right. we don't want to, you know, just throw anybody under a bus on this podcast. Uh, of course. Who didn't course. give us permission to do so or who doesn't want their problems or dirty laundry aired. Uh, so that's something that we're we're still trying to learn. But I think I yeah, this was this this was cathartic. This was nice to talk about. I've been waiting for just a you and me podcast so that we could talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh we're gonna mostly be you know, we're gonna have a lot more interviews going forward. But oh yeah, uh, we're gonna what we're gonna try to do is once a month just have a a Monsonai episode to talk about kind of where we are, uh, what what's been going on, what we have going on, um, and yeah, yogurts in the chat talking about uh, how his CrossFit yeah uh, exercises were hurt his and, back, <laughs> dude. I'm not I'm not intense. touching that. He was intense. Yeah. so I'm not touching no CrossFit. Won't happen. Don't need it. Where am I playing? Exactly. I'm not doing CrossFit. (laughs) I would only do CrossFit if I'm if I'm trying to compete in the Olympics or if I'm trying to play getting back to the league. If not, don't need it. (laughs) Don't need it. So, is there any any last messages that you'd like to leave everybody with before we kind of get to our sign off? Think therefore I am. Think therefore I am. Starts in between your ears, you guys and gals. Starts in between your ears. As cliche as that sounds, it's we all understand that that's true. What you talk, what you say to yourself, how you feel about yourself can not only just stay internally, it can you can project it. 
and that's that's when things start to really get bad uh, is when you're just projecting it all the time um, it's obviously bad when it's internally but but that was my story once i started to project it i then woke up in jail think therefore i am how about yourself you are worth it despite what you may be telling yourself despite what you're feeling you are worth the work you are worth the energy so um listen to other people not necessarily uh let's see here you know listen to people who are positive and you can take things away from that for yourself you can be a positive force of nature but um you have to be positive to yourself first be kind you do. to yourself because you deserve it and then Indeed. spread that kindness to others Indeed. So, with that where can they find you published author monte uh, yes uh before i get to my handles yeah you guys can check out my book nowhere to run rj i really want you to check it out man I'm biased, of course, but we got some things in common, man. Um, but you guys can check out my book on monteball.com, M-O-N-T-E-E, ball.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter, monteball28, Instagram, monteball, Facebook, the same. Obviously, our untapped cake page is all over. Please shoot us a message, topics, what have you. We'd love to bring you on if you want to share some important things, if you want to talk about your journey, all the above. We are inclusive, and we welcome all. RJ, where can they find you? Hit up our untapped keg pages on Facebook and Twitter. If you just want to talk about, honestly, anything, um, if you if you need a distraction, if you need uh, if you need to talk, if you need help, sobriety wise, we'll be there to talk. We do not need. Um, you know, we are not professionals other than Mons is a, you know, recovery coach. But sometimes you just need that person who's been there. Um, oh, yeah. Know, That's peer support, man. We peer have support. We are there for people on Twitter. We're there for people. Facebook, yeah. you know, just hit us up if you need to talk. It doesn't matter if it's about sobriety. It doesn't matter if it's about life. Uh, we can talk. Uh that's what we do here. We talk. Absolutely. But, but no, uh, you know, if you just need need to vent, you need bounce some ideas off. If you need um, whatever, whatever we can help with, we will help with. Uh, that's where we will go. So hit us up on Untap Keg, yep. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube in the comments. Um, we'll, we'll hit you back. And um, we'll get back to you as quickly as we can. You know, sometimes – Life gets crazy with kids and family and work. partners and Man. work, <laughs> writing books. Got to pay um, them bills. <laughs> but we will definitely get back. So hmm. let's try Absolutely. to be try to be better tomorrow than we were today because at least if uh, we didn't quite get there, we tried. And we will see everybody next week. Thank you for tuning in.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.